Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to the BU Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter. Hey, you guys. So in this week's episode, I get to share the conversation that I had with Simi Aro, and she is a female empowerment coach, a new author, and an IT specialist. And I interviewed her to discuss her book, When the Fog Lifts, Gaining Clarity After Chaos and Confusion. And I just feel like we really unpacked so much in the episode. And I just love that she became an author with this book based off of her journaling. You guys know I'm a huge um, proponent of journaling. So I just love that she turned this into such a helpful book. And there's just so much that we dive into today. We talk about mental health and trauma and relationships and support systems. And I think there's just so many different aspects of this conversation that are just really relatable. And I love how just like raw and vulnerable and and funny she is. So I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you guys get something out of it. Enjoy. Before we get into the show, I wanted to take a moment to share how I host my podcast using Anchor. It's free and easy to use. You can record and edit using your phone or computer, and then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. It's super easy to use, and they do the work for you. I highly recommend using Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on to the show. Well, Simi, thank you so much for joining me today on the BU podcast. Will you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and who you are? Yes, I'd love to. And thank you for having me, Ariel. Um, So I'm an IT security professional um, in the healthcare industry. And I'm a coach, um, a female empowerment coach, and and I'm also an author. Um, I purchased my, I'm sorry, I published my new book, Last year, um, it's called When the Fog Lifts. I live in Atlanta, Georgia with my three children and I'm originally from Nigeria in West Africa. Yeah, that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm excited to really like dive more into your story because already I'm like, all right, you work in IT security, you're a life coach, you're a author, like there's so many different aspects. (laughs) Um, but I think if we start off by talking about your book, I think we'll kind of, you know, learn a little bit more about you and everything through that. So tell me about the book that you published last year. Yes. So the name of the book is when the fog lifts and, you know, it started out as me just trying to journal and talk about my, um, experiences in a toxic marriage. And, you know, somehow I just kept you know, getting ideas and receiving that I needed to speak for other women that were going through this because I had already, you know, I was already separated. So Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, I I was safe to speak. You know, a lot of people are still in marriages. They don't want to mess up their marriages, but they want to do something to fix it. And there are people who just don't have any idea what a marriage is supposed to look like. So I, I felt like, you know, I was the voice and I decided, you know what, instead of just journaling this, I need to actually write a book and publish a book. Yeah. Wow. And so I'm just kind of curious about like Mm -hmm. with journaling. um, So you started this kind of like after you were separated, like did you journal before or was this kind of like a new thing for you? (laughs) So I used to journal before. I used to journal a lot. 
um, yeah. about 10 years ago. I used to journal a lot um, because I was in a, a toxic marriage and you know there were lots of secrets. So I used to journal and then my journal was found and then I started writing in gibberish so that I would <laughs> just be able to let it out, but I wouldn't, no one would be able to read it. And then I just stopped altogether. So I, I resumed journaling just um, around, um, just before the lockdown at the end of 2019. Yeah. And um, then decided during the lockdown that I wanted to write a book. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I mean, I think journaling is so powerful and I mean, that's such a shame that like you had to stop journaling for a little bit, just, you know, to, you know, and had to keep your thoughts, um, to yourself. Yes. Um, what, what did that feel like once you picked journaling back up? Oh, it was so liberating. It was, it was, you know, it's almost like the, you know, when they say at work, you know, if you want to write an email to, somebody and you're really upset just write the email but don't send it mm -hmm. that's kind of like how journaling is for me it's like I can write whatever I want to write and this time around I was so free it was just me and my kids in the house and I just wrote whatever I wanted to write I wrote my thoughts my feelings my dreams you know I wasn't scared it was it was really liberating it was it was it was really liberating and I think my mom and my best friend were kind of happy because they were like oh thank goodness she's not gonna call us every five minutes <laughs> yeah it's like sometimes it, it's good when you have that support system but it's also good when you can just like let it out on your own and yes. don't always have to like go to them um so tell me a little bit more about the book and like um the style of the book and who it's for Yes. Um, so the book is, so I started, I tried, you know, a lot of, I was scared yeah. initially when I started writing the book because, you know, I was talking about my marriage and my life and I didn't want to say everything. Yeah. And so I, you know, I was advised to fictionalize it, but I'm not a writer. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a writer. I'm an IT person. So I wrote it as you know, I, I, I could, and, you know, I, my dad was like, just write it and then we'll fix it later. Um, mm -hmm. So I wrote the book um, as like stories. It's almost like, you know, telling a story about different aspects of life. You know, I talk about me, you know, marrying your friend. I talk about, you know, how not marrying your friend during this pandemic is, you know, really affecting a lot of marriages because there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also talk about, you know, my childhood, you know, I came from a very sheltered childhood. I came to the U S when I was 17. I, I had, you know, I didn't realize that I had a lot of um, preconceived cultural pressures on me. Like nobody even put the pressure on me. I was putting the pressure on myself. So I did a lot yeah. of things, you know, in the early days, based on that like getting married you know I just thought you know you're supposed to get married at some age you know and right. so I just did so it's 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 in three parts and it's about the beginning of my life the beginning of my journey here in the United States coming here mm -hmm. um the middle was actually my marriage like the part of my marriage all the years um the 17 years of my marriage and then the end is how I was you know how I was doing last year how I was going through it um it's very raw, very um, real. Um, it's very, you know, vulnerable at times as well. But I, I think, you know, you asked me who the book is for. And I, and yeah. I stated earlier on, 
it's for women. It's okay. It's for everybody, but, mm -hmm. but most especially it's for women who are victims of emotional abuse, narcissistic abuse, mm -hmm. and just even just any form of manipulation in a relationship. Yeah. It's also for young girls who are thinking of getting married. It's for people who are currently married, who think that they're in healthy relationships or are in healthy relationships, but it allows them to take a look at their relationship and, and understand that it takes work, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, look for those signs, you know, to say, you know, we need to, you know, we need to constantly be in sync. Yeah. It's also for girl dads. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's for girl dads, you know, and it's even for men. It's just, I, but initially I wrote it for women in abusive relationships. And then, you know, other people started reading and they were like, oh, wow. Oh, you know, I didn't know this was, I thought it was just me. You know, mm -hmm. like there's a part where I say, I go to the, I went to my closet crying in my younger days. I went to my closet crying and I thought my ex-husband will come there and say, you know, you know how, you know, at least don't go to bed angry and come and take me to bed or he, he left me there all night. Look, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah. So a lot of my friends and people are like, I didn't think that I was, I thought I was the only one that was going, you know, that had gone through that, the whole mm -hmm. thing, you know? So um, that's just a little bit about the book. I also have discussion questions at, at the end of each chapter. And I also have journaling space um, after each chapter, because I want to encourage everybody to journal. I mean, it just helped me so much. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. And I really like that, you know, you say, um, or you said that like it started off as being mostly for women and victims of emotional abuse, but like, really it's for everybody, like everyone can gain something out of it. And something that you mentioned about people who are like thinking about getting married or think they're in a healthy relationship. Yes. I think that's just like really interesting that you brought that up because um, just like from previous experiences and like from mm -hmm. my friends and stuff, I know um, people have been in what they thought was a healthy relationship until like mm -hmm. it really wasn't. And then they look back and see all these red flags that they just, mm -hmm. you know, ignored or didn't really want to admit were there or they, you know, thought it was like it was only them or something like that. So I think that's really great that like everyone can just like have this new perspective and yeah, with the discussion questions and journaling prompts, like, I think that's just really, it's, it sounds like your book is like, really like, it's like a workbook. It's like, you're sharing your experiences, yes. but then they can really work through their own things and what they're yes. going through and Absolutely. see what comes up. Yeah. And what, so what impact do you want your book to have? I want the book to, so my goal as a, as a coach, like as a female empowerment coach is, is to help women participate in thriving families. So, mm -hmm. um, I want people, I want relationships to be healthy. I yeah. think that we take, like you just mentioned, I think we take for granted when everything is going okay we don't notice the cracks in our relationships. We don't notice the red flags. And then one day, you know, everything just breaks. Mm -hmm. So I want people to be intentional about relationships. I want people to, you know, I want women to be able to stand up and to be able to understand what their thresholds are, yeah. understand yeah. what their strengths are um, and understand what a healthy relationship should look like. Mm -hmm. um, 
I left one part out as well. I mean, I know my kids are a bit young. I have two girls and a boy, but I also yeah. want my, I, I didn't want my daughters to grow up thinking that my marriage was what a normal marriage should be because no matter how smart they are or how, how much I tell them, they're mm-hmm. still gonna, they're still gonna do what they see. They're still, I'm their first role model, right? And they're still yeah. gonna think this is my home and this is how it looks. And so this is, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I, and I've read, you know, so many studies about children in narcissistic relationships and mm-hmm. how it affects them. They either become narcissists or they become empaths or victims. So, right. you know, it, so much was going through my mind and my impact was, <laughs> I think my impact just evolved over time, you know, with, with people reading it and things happening, it just evolved to, different things but really it's just about healthy relationships yeah and I think that's so good um yeah because I guess like from what I know of um like abusive relationships that it is very like I think like people people form their ideas of what things should be like in their childhood Mm -hmm. and like when they see examples from that you know, it's like, whatever they see is like, that's how they think it is. So I think it's really great that you, you know, are doing what you can to, you know, show your children, like, this is not, you know, normal, like, this is (laughs) like, like, you can have more. Yeah. Like, I just think that's so great. Cause it, I mean, it's, it's, uh, to me, it's really sad that if people don't have more perspectives on, you know, what a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. should, could look like, they can misinterpret mm-hmm. a toxic or dysfunctional relationship and just think like, well, that's, that's what I'm going to get. Or like, that's how it's supposed to be. I don't deserve anything yes. else. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, where can people find your book? How can they get it? So my book is on Amazon. Um, yes, it's on Amazon. And it's also, you can also get it on my website at semiaero.com. That, that gets you a signed copy. So if you go to my website at semiero.com, that's S-E-M-E-E-R-O-H.com, you can order a signed copy from me. If not, you can put it in your Amazon cart. Um, I'm also, you know, I'm also on Instagram at Samarity Connections. And I also, I'm starting, I'm launching a YouTube um, channel this week, as well as a podcast. But eventually the podcast is still in the works, but I'm launching a YouTube channel to kind of take people just through my life. You know, it's called 360 with Semi Mm -hmm. and just, you know, kind of just take people through my life. You know, sometimes I do videos about not being able to get out of bed to go to the gym. And then next thing I'm, I made it to the gym and I'm like, why was I even being lazy? You know, so stuff like that. Um, Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that's, so you can get it on Amazon or on my website. Awesome. And uh, I will definitely put those links in the show notes so people can um, connect with you and get your book and get that signed copy. That's awesome. And then I can totally relate to like, you know, not wanting to get out of bed and go to the gym. So now I'm just kind of curious, like what, what motivates you to like get out of the bed and go to the gym when you, when you're not feeling like it? Um, the fact that my trainer is there already, (laughs) so I know he has a long drive, you know, and so because he's there, he's, you know, if I, if I text him and he's like, 
Um, I haven't left home yet. I'm totally canceling. I'm going to cancel the session. But if he says, well, I'm already at the gym, I'm like, ah, I have to go. But also, you know, also um, at the end of my marriage, unfortunately, I suffered from anxiety and um, exercise helps. So sometimes I, I, I remember, (laughs) I remember, or, you know, I may have had a bad day, you know, just, I'm just so busy. I have three very active children and I have a full-time job. And so, you know, I just remember that I have to get up and I have to be healthy because I have to show up for my kids. I have to show up. I have to work. I, you know, I, I can't, I cannot be healthy because, you know, they don't really have anyone they can depend on except for me. So yeah. that's the that's the main reason. Um, that's the deeper reason why. But the other reason is just because my my trainer is waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I love that accountability. And now your trainer is just always going to be like, nope, I'm here. I'm waiting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you better get <yes>. here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so you uh, mentioned about anxiety and yes. I know that a lot of people that have been in toxic relationships, they then deal with like some mental health issues. And yes, um, I mean, I like to also talk about mental health and stuff. So like, mm-hmm. what, what does um, like your, um, how do you work through your mental health and your anxiety and how do you make that a priority for you? Okay. So initially I, I, um, you know, when I got divorced, I, well, separated, I broke down. I just was tired. I, I just was tired and I didn't understand anxiety. I didn't even know what it was. You know, we use the word very loosely, but I didn't understand what it was, you know, Uh, but I would wake up with my heart. Like I could hear my heart in my ears, like at three in the morning and I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep because it was so loud. And, um, I didn't know what it was. I just didn't know what it was. And, you know, I still have to get up for work. And then also when my ex-husband was around me, which was, he was trying to convince me to come back, you know, where they say you feel the the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. I didn't think that that was a thing, but it actually is. And, and I used to feel that, and I, and I used to be wanting, like, I used to have like um, heartburn and I used to want Tom's. Every time he was around me, I would want Tom's. And I had like heartburn and I was, so I, I started going to therapy like a year before that. And, and I was telling my therapist and she was like, that sounds like some anxiety. You need to go see someone. So I actually went to a psychiatrist and he diagnosed me with anxiety, severe anxiety. I took two months off of work at the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, just, I had to heal. I had to heal. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't because I was heartbroken from my right. marriage because I was already emotionally deta- detached. It was just that I had been running for so long and I was finally just, you know, it was finally just all ending. I don't know. It was just a weird feeling. Um, yeah. So since then I've been, I've always worked out, but since then I've been working out more. Um, I go to the park near my house. It's a very beautiful park near my house. I go there to think. Um, mm-hmm. I go there to, you know, sit by on a bench and just look at the water, the lake, or I go, um, I go there to run or to walk. Um, I also, I, I, I bought a house after my um, separation, so. 
I also have two closets, right? His and hers. So I have one closet. And so the second closet, I, I turned it into like a prayer room. Oh, awesome. I, you know, I painted the walls pink. Yes, I painted the walls pink. I put all kind of motivational things on there. And, you know, I come here to, I came here a lot to write when I was writing my book. I'm in here now. I buy my, um, I, I have all these things around me. And this is kind of like my place when I'm yeah. home. Um, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's my, so this was my way of saying nobody else, no, nobody else. He's not going to convince me. He's not coming back. This, this closet is taking. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I also buy uh, myself flowers every Sunday. If I remember, I forgot this week. Um, I buy myself flowers every Sunday. Yes, I do. Um, and what are and the I flowers myself, do for you? you know, they make me feel special. So I love receiving flowers, of course, from guys, right? But yeah. since there's no guy, I I buy myself flowers. I you know, I just love it. You know, you walk into the house and you see this beautiful arrangement. So I have one downstairs, I have one on my office desk, and then I have a smaller one in my prayer room. I just split the flowers up from Publix. And it's yeah. just they just make me so happy. They make me feel special. Like, yes, you remembered yourself this week. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. And I love like how it is like you remembered yourself and you know, yes. you're like, you don't have to wait for someone else to get you flowers. Like you can Absolutely. treat yourself and stuff. That's awesome. Absolutely. So that's how I keep myself sane. Um, that's how I keep myself sane. I just try to, you know, I'm working very hard to prioritize myself and to understand that I'm not being selfish. Mm -hmm. um you know and I, I and i and i post about this on my instagram page at samarity connections when i buy myself flowers i post when i buy myself a drink sometimes i'll go out and buy myself a drink yeah. i'll post as well if somebody buys me flowers i'll post it too but you know i just want people to know that you know you can't it's not that much money it's like 20 dollars, 14.99 to buy yourself flowers at Publix, right, right. and it, the whole week i'm always reminded you know it's just it's just a reminder, like, wow, you know, you're special. So, you know, that's, that's what mental health means to me. That was kind of, that's kind of my journey. I'm still on the journey. I'll be honest with you, mm -hmm. but it's just because I'm so busy. Um, I definitely have no regrets about my decisions. Um, I get sentimental sometimes, but I definitely have no regrets about my decisions and I have a wonderful support system. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, I think like your mental health is always going to be a journey because I mean, life is just yes. a process and things are always going to come up and it's like, you have to, you know, really be aware and just like, you know, you were aware that something wasn't right. Um, I was kind of curious about like, when you mm -hmm. first um, saw the therapist and psychiatrist, like, mm -hmm. did you have any hesitations or doubts or, you know, like, was it easy for you to go or was that a hard thing to go through? It was hard. I'm, I'm from Africa. So there's a lot of stigma around mental health. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no word like mental health, right? It's you're crazy or you're not crazy, right? So yeah. if I tell, you know, fellow Nigerians that I'm going to a psychiatrist, they're going to be like, oh, what's wrong with her, you know? So um, I did hesitate a lot and I did not want to get on any type of medication. Yeah. Um, surprisingly enough, and I'm very, um, I'm very, I'm not very religious, but I'm, I'm spiritual and I believe in God and, mm -hmm. um, 
surprisingly enough, when I got to the psychiatrist, he was a Nigerian guy. Yeah. So, so yes. So he totally understood my hesitation yeah. for everything. And he, you know, he totally just put my mind at ease. And, you know, once he was Nigerian and he just talked to me and everything, it was just like, you know, it was so comforting. And I just, I forgot everything, but I, I did, I was going in there. I was thinking, I was even looking at people in the waiting room, like, hmm, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? What's, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, judging. So, um, yes, I did have hesitations. I did totally, I do, I did judge people in the past. Um, but I understand, you know, now that, you know, mental health and, and working with professionals when it comes to mental, mental health is is very key. You know, there's there's such a big difference between, oh, I have anxiety. So for a long time, I used ashwagandha. I used, um, what's the other one? I can't remember the name. Kava Kava. Like I went online mm-hmm. searching for natural stuff. I was trying to exercise so much. But it just, it wasn't enough, yeah. right? It wasn't enough for me. So I, I, I tried everything before I went to the doctor um, and I did. And, you know, he worked with me, he worked out a plan with me so that I wouldn't be on medication for so long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we, you know, we made it through because really all I needed to do was come out of the situation that I was in. Right. And, and, you know, I was, I started to recover very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, because I mean, I know it is hard for people to share and especially when you come from a background where it's like, you know, (laughs) like you're just crazy or something's wrong with you. So that is really hard. And I mean, I totally get, I've been there of like, what are all the natural things that I can do on my own to try to make myself feel better? (laughs) But then sometimes it is just like, yes, you need help. And it's just like any other, you know, if you break your leg, you're going to go to the doctor. You're Mm -hmm. not just going to like heal it on your own. (laughs) And it's not a forever thing. Um, you know, it's not always a forever thing. It's just kind of, you need to get back to your like base level and stuff. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And so what advice do you have for anyone who, um, or I guess what advice do you have for people like as they're overcoming trauma and working through, you know, mental health issues and stuff like that? Um, I think, you know, I think for one, I think people who are overcoming trauma should should find what their triggers are mm-hmm. try to work on what their triggers are and you can only do that by either working with a professional or really being very in tune with yourself yeah. um so you have to figure out what your triggers are you have to also figure out what makes you the way you are and let me explain that a little bit because in my book i talk about why I'm such a people pleaser. And I'm, I'm a people pleaser because of some things that happened to me in my past. You know, whenever we say oh, we've been traumatized or something, you know, as a child, the first thing you do is you look at the parents or stuff. And, you know, when, you know, looking at my parents, I was like, well, nothing happened there. Yeah. Um, you know, so I thought about, you know, growing up with my cousins, I have a lot of cousins. So we were always competing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just never like, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to compete with you. Um, it was always a struggle of fight for everything when we were together. And, you know, that kind of just made me like always back away and always yeah. not want to be in the limelight, you know? So I had to, it was while I was writing, I realized why I was like that. And I always wanted to like encourage the underdog. And so because of that, I always 
I was attracted to people that I almost wanted to save, or I almost, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't feel deserving. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really big eye opener for me because, you know, I didn't know why. So sometimes you have to understand why you are the way you are. Like, why do you go to the grocery store and buy so much food? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I do that, right? You know, why? You know, why do you buy food everywhere? You, you know, why do you buy so much food? Why do you overcompensate with food? You know, you have to ask yourself the tough questions. It's not about the other person. It's not about the traumatic experience. It's first of all about why are you that way? And yeah. then you start to understand, it starts to help you understand how that person or that situation was able to get you, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, um, Another thing I, you know, I, I strongly, strongly recommend is getting professional help. I mean, just getting professional help. If you work with a licensed therapist, they'll tell you if you need a psychiatrist or not. It might yeah. just be that you need a therapist. Um, a good support system of people with like minds. So this one was a struggle for me. Yeah. Because, yes, because people around me all wanted to pick my pain apart. And they wanted to relate to it how they understand it. Uh, and yeah. so it was even worse than the actual trauma itself, mm -hmm. right? So you have to really be very disciplined and be ready to cut off people who don't understand. You know your pain yeah. and it is your pain. And so nobody has the right to help you define or analyze your pain. Yeah. So, you know, so if you have people like that, when you're trying to recover from trauma, you just have to cut them off. Like yeah. you have to cut them off and you can go back to them when you're healthier, but if not, just cut them off. Um, yeah. And so I kind of have a question about that. Cause I think in a lot of yes. ways, you know, when someone goes through something traumatic people, like it's, it's difficult for people to um, you know, sit with another person in that. And like, that's why like people try to, you know, relate to it and like give mm -hmm. the advice that they have that like, you're like, no, that's not relevant at all <laughs> because people just like, don't know what else to yes. say. So I'm curious about like, how can someone be supportive for someone who is, um, you know, coming out of a traumatic experience? Like what, what would be helpful? I think ask them what they need. Yeah. And if you just ask them what they need, um, ask them what they need and understand that, I mean, I know it's hard. We all do it. If somebody passes away, we say, you know, I'm so sorry. I can't even imagine, or I can't imagine. You can't imagine. Right. You don't know. Right. So I think just ask them what they need and just don't feel the need to do something. You know, yeah. um, sometimes they just want someone to listen to them. Sometimes they want someone to be their cheerleader. Like you have to ask them what they need. Um, I think is the biggest thing that would have been helpful for me um, yeah. because it's like, I had to tell my story over and over and over again. And I felt like I was defending myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I had to stop at a point and, and, and really, and it, I would get off these calls and my head would be hurting. My mouth would be hurting. Cause I, I was, I was fighting for myself. And I was like, this person does not mean this much to me. Why am I defending myself to them? Right. Like, I don't care. So I think ask the people around you who are going through trauma, 
ask them what they need or you know if you know them well enough you know try to sense what they need but you know don't think you know what they need yeah uh, that's great advice. I think that just applies to so many things. Yes. Um, and then, so, so you had to get a better support system. Like, were, like, did you find support in some of the people that you like were already connected to, or did you have to mm-hmm. you know, seek support somewhere else? I did. I did. Um, my biggest support were my mom, my best friend and my best cousin. Yeah. Um, so I write, I actually write about all of them in my book as well. And I call them my swarm because mm-hmm. they, you know, they kept me together. Those are my main people. So I talked about all those people um, and, and also my immediate family, but I talked about them, you know, and how their personalities worked out for me when I needed it. So I, I didn't have to go out, um, out of my of the people that know me to get support. Um, Luckily, uh, my parents were very supportive of me. Um, Although they don't live here in the United States, but you know, phone calls and stuff, they they were very supportive. That's good. And then, so do you think that people can, um, you know, see trauma as having any sort of like hidden gifts to it? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, if you look at the cover of my book, you see that the person on there can be anybody and Mm -hmm. she is just so free. You know, it says that you're gaining, you know, it says when the fog lifts, gaining clarity after chaos and confusion, you know, what I kept praying for in those times was clarity, just clarity. I mean, it's, it's so weird. My kids were like, mom, you don't yell at us anymore. They're like, oh, your face cleared up, right? I used yeah. to have a lot of spots on my face. Your face cleared up. Um, it's not that I'm any less busy, but the house, the home, our home is just lighter. Yeah. You know, I'm just, the, it's a different kind of busy. There's no um, atmosphere, you know, there's just no negative energy. Um, so if nothing else, and I was able to write this book as well. I would never have been able to write this book with the courage and say the things I said in the book if I was still married. Right. So a lot of things that I wanted to do, a lot of things that I was being held back on, a lot of things, you know, and it's sad because it's not physical holding back. No one was really holding me back, right? Yeah. But it was just the manipulation. So there's a sense of clarity. It's like your mind is on, unbugged, like it's cleared, it's clean. And you, the, the, the possibilities are just endless. You know, they're just endless. You feel this kind of freedom because you're out of the thing. My dad, my dad um, describes it as, you know, a swimmer who was trying to swim, mm-hmm. had like 20 pounds tied to their foot. And now he says, you know, it's been cut off. You yeah. can swim. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, so the gift there for me, honestly, is freedom. I don't care if it's not financial or you know you don't see it or feel it immediately. Mm-hmm. Being out of that trauma, that toxic situation, abusive rela- relationship, whatever it is, is just it's the biggest gift that you can ask for, honestly. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I can see that just being really free, like freeing and having such an impact and that like the fact that your kids have noticed the impact as well. I think that's really powerful. <laughs> I used to be a crazy lady yelling at them all the time, snapping. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably really happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And um, so tell me about like, how has being yourself positively impacted your life? Um, I can think, I can think, Hmm. Um, you know, I can, I can understand who I'm supposed to be as an adult because it seems like most of my adult life, I was living a different life. So I'm really now understanding who I am. You know, am I, am I quiet? Am I talkative? Am I secretive? Am I a happy person? Do I like to go out? Do I not? You know, I'm, I'm, it's almost like I was born again and I'm, I'm discovering so many things about myself. I'm discovering things I don't like. It's funny because I actually recently started dating and, you know, what I, my insight, you know, my insight and my courage, you know, it's, it's just amazing because I'm like, oh, no wrong no he's not for me oh he's okay Uh, you know and I don't care because I have nothing to lose I have my kids I'd be married I have my career I have my book I don't really care you know yeah so you know it's 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 impacted me because I I have no nothing holding me back Mm -hmm. and I have the experience I have the experience that I went through to to give me strength and insight I mean I have no regrets I know that it was difficult and was painful, but I don't regret that I went through the experience that I did. I would rather go through it than somebody else does. I would rather share my story so that somebody else doesn't have to. Yeah. Wow. And what message do you want to leave with people today? I want to tell people to examine their lives. Um, you know, I want people to to understand that we're not just, we shouldn't just be existing we have to live. And so if something is not okay for you in your heart, regardless of what society says, regardless of what the rules are, Mm -hmm. listen, you know, listen to it. If it's not okay for you personally, listen to it, examine it, figure it out and see what's going on there. Um, Don't be scared, you know, to live your lives. Um, One of my quotes is don't apologize for opening your eyes. I think, yes, that's one of my coined quotes. Don't apologize for opening your eyes. I Um, love that. Yes, I think that that's what I want to leave people with today. Yeah, I feel like that's just like so much. (laughs) I'm like, well, now we can't have another podcast episode about that. Anytime, anytime. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Like this was very insightful. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your book. And yes, I'll definitely um, put all the links in the show notes so people can get your book and connect with you on Instagram and stuff like that. So just thank Thank you you. so much for your time. Thank you, Ariel. I really appreciate it. I had a good time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the BU podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and write me a review. I would love to hear from you. And you can find me 
on Instagram at BeautifulChick or on my website, BeautifulChick.com. Remember, be you, be beautiful. <laughs>